Hey folks, this is Chris, lead researcher of this sleep study we call Out of the Forest, back again with pre-show info. Thanks to everyone who stuck with us through our first arc. I'm already proud of how far we've come as far as role-playing and audio editing, and I think we're only going to get better. As has been mentioned, we're taking a bit of a hiatus with this being the first filler episode. It's a one-shot and I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, in two weeks, we should have an episode of the actual campaign, and then two weeks after that, arc two will begin. Keep an eye on our Twitter, we'll be hosting a couple of polls about the first arc soon. We're at the Forestcast on Twitter. If you prefer a less public way to give feedback, you can also reach us at outoftheforesttcast at gmail.com. And, as always, we appreciate you giving us reviews or simply telling your friends. Finally, I'd like to thank our latest Twitter follower, Keeper Susanna, for the support, and all our Twitter followers for sticking with us all the way here. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of aliens trying to be taken to your leader. We are currently playing Everyone is John by Michael B. Sullivan. I am Chris and I am your GM and I am joined by my players. I'm Evan and I play Glorbax. I'm Dominic and I play John. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do that. (laughs) Alright, fuck you. Alright, I'm Dominic. I play Arbac the Moo. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm Alistair, and I play Kurzot, Esquire. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so as you can obviously tell, both from probably the title of this episode and these names, uh, we are not playing our typical uh, Monster of the Week campaign. That is the bulk of this. Um, Jessica is out for some holiday festivities and probably will be the next time we can record as well. So we're putting some uh, one-shots into our feed just to give something to listen to uh, in the meantime. We'll be back after a little bit of a hiatus, probably a month or so. Uh, with the next arc, uh, we'll probably have this one shot, and then the intermission episode of the actual campaign, and then we will start the new- next arc. Uh, today, we are going to be playing, as I mentioned, Everyone is John. We'll be playing a slightly tinkered version of Everyone is John, just because I find the core concept of it a little bit problematic. Basically, it's the same thing. Everyone is going to be playing as the same character, essentially. Each player has a set of three skills and three objectives that they're trying to do with those skills and vie for control of the character. Um, I will explain that more in fiction terms in just a second as we fade into the opening monologue. If you want to know how the game works, it's literally two pages. You can just look it up. (laughs) All right, here we go. Yeah, wrong. In the far reaches of space, there was formed a federation of various species of aliens who had managed to become spacefaring. This federation, the Federation of Allied Races and Traditions and Science, went from planet to planet trying to find additional species to add to their powers and their understanding of the universe. 
This federation once came upon a strange blue planet called Earth and were very interested in the species there. Until they found them to be warmongering and kind of jerks. So they moved on went to the next planet. That planet, Earth, um, was a much better planet, if a bit weirder. They settled into orbit of that planet and decided to do some research into that species there, the Earthlings. There uh, is a special route of research that the Federation takes part in where they use a device called the Brain Controlometer to take control of a member of the species and research those traits that they find most essential in a species to be a part of the Federation. They will send a series of researchers to take control of a specific member of the species and use their specific skills that they have to control this. It is common for researchers to have three skills, things that they can do without any issues in the brain controlometer, whereas everything else is a little bit more touchy to do. Uh, it's really difficult to control brains, a bit of a complicated process, so three things, honestly, is a bit impressive. Uh, they also usually have about three uh, challenges. They have one really simple one that's like uh, ground level for joining the Federation. A more medium one where like, if you meet this, we'll get you eventually. And they, an ultimate task, if the, if the species complete this third most difficult task, oh, we want them in our group. Uh, so today, the brain controlometer has a time slot in which three people have been accidentally booked uh, Unfortunately for them, they don't even realize that they're going to have to share their time slot. We enter into a large chamber with a big radar-looking machine that looks very futuristic and very cool and very lit up. Uh, in the dead center with three terminals with weird uh, little... They almost look like skee-ball ports where like the orbs come out, um, sitting next to the monitors. Uh, there are three doors opposite of one e opposite of each of these terminals, and one of them slides open to reveal uh, an, an alien member of the Federation in a fanciful lab coat. Uh, Evan, who is your character? What do they look like, and what are they trying to do? Uh, I play Glorbax, who is a member of the Colaxians. They're a race of uh, scaled creatures, almost reptilian-like. They have uh, kind of hind legs and stand very tall with like almost um, like spines going across their back, almost like a dinosaur kind of thing. Um, their their goal is to judge whether or not <clears throat> the uh, the Earthlings, as you call them, uh, how they do with their companionship, um, and whether or not they like how they perform in society, whether they want to become a a true leader of, of their tribe um, and and what do they what do they collect they want to make sure that they collect the right objects and a lot of objects uh, and many different quantities um, <laughs> and how do they how do they project them out to the world um, do they project them like the Calaxians do where they store them in hermetically sealed boxes to display to others <laughs> upon ritual <laughs> gatherings <laughs> things like that fantastic all right uh, so uh you, you, Glorbax, you walk up to your, uh, your terminal that's directly adjacent, uh, up 
across from your door, prepared and excited. This is your first uh, time outside of um, testing and training to use the brain controlometer, and you're so happy to be able to strut your stuff and uh, use this time slot to its fullest potential. Uh, when you are dismayed to hear the sliding, fanciful, futuristic, amazing alien door uh, across from a different terminal open, and Dominic, your alien walks in. Please explain to me your character. My character is Abrak the Moo, chief architect of the Splu race. Uh, the Splu are a um, advanced alien civilization that look like if you were playing Oblivion and said that you were a high elf and then really just kind of jumbled the sliders around. Christ. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and um, years ago, uh, through through distant radio transmissions, the Splu received um, audio, radio from, from Earth, telling the story of Hercules, and uh, Arbac is, Abrak, Abrak is there to uh, see if the, the, the heroic stories of this Hercules man are true, and if that's what Earthlings are like. See, see, it's important to know about uh, that species that they uh, don't really care about the order of consonants in people's names. So our, our back, <laughs> Abrak, as long as you get them between the right vowels, you're fine. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Abrak, you walk in and you see Glorbax, already eternal, staring at you speechless in surprise, which is common for his species, but he seems a little more perturbed than you expect. What are you doing here? Why, I, Glorbax, am here to work on the brain controlometer. <laughs> Glorbax, what, what is your clearance level? <laughs> Maximum security. <laughs> As you shout maximum security, uh, you both... <laughs> are startled out of your your combative stances uh, to turn as these super futuristic, super wonderfully fancy, super cool lemon-scented doors. Uh, the third set open up to reveal a third alien. Uh, Glorbax, your spines go wild. Abrak the Moo, your face kind of puckers in a bit awkwardly as you are just furious to see a third person in this room. Alistair, what does your character look like and what is their deal? Um, as previously explained, I am Kurzot Esquire. I'm of the Tamburin race, uh, from the Federal Department of Comedic Law. Um, <laughs> my, my, my goal here, uh, is our, our Federal Department, uh, primary goal is to judge how well species can, uh, succeed as part of the Federation based on how way, how well they can uphold, uh, the laws of comedy and as well the comedy of law, uh, in society. We... Uh, we take comedy and we take the laws of comedy very seriously. Um, this is not a laughing matter. Um, and I'm very <laughs> pissed to see that there are two other clowns here in this room with me. Fantastic. Um, so you, you look, you are also fierce. What did your uh, alien look like today? Uh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm kind of like a bat-faced um, character with like two kind of tall, pointy ears. Um, a little short, maybe like three and a half feet tall, um, wearing a combination between like a three-piece suit and a uh, court jester outfit. Oh my fucking god. Uh, all right. 
Great. I'm going to keep insulting this because these names are great. Curza Esquire, <laughs> as you walk into the room, your ears just begin swiveling full 360 degrees, just spinning in place in a clear display of anger and rage as you see these two other people, obviously not trained in comedic timing for their appearance before you. It would have been much more hilarious if they arrived after you. Um, already at terminals, already squabbling. You've missed potentially the funniest parts of this argument. Um, and you see the, the puckered face of Abrak the Moo and the, the, the spines forming into full curly cues on the back of Glorbax as everyone is frustrated, confused, and a, more than a little bit annoyed. What are you two doing at this brain control meter? Listen here. I am the chief architect of the Splue. The who? The Why Splue! Are you all here? This is ridiculous. All these pointy-eared braces getting in my way. No, 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 Look I, think, here. I think you must be misunderstood. <laughs> that is incredibly... I, I, have this, I have this timing booked. I am here because I'm incredibly... You, you do not... You do not comment on another Sploo's ears. <laughs> um... Alright, as you are all having this discussion, the sliding fancy lemon-scented wonderful lately polka-dotted sliding futuristic alien doors all slide shut with a huh, and then lock with a ka-chunk! Um, and a light above you turns green, and you hear an automated voice just go Hello, and welcome to your time slot on the brain controlometer. Welcome to... Ugh, am I, am I supposed to read these? Why can't the automated voice read these? It can't read names? It can do any other word but, uh, uh Christ. Uh, Glorbax. And? Abrakthamu, I guess. And? Kurzat Esquire. Are all permitted to begin use of the brain controlometer. Please make the best use of your time. It is not lengthened for the number of people. Good luck! And your terminals all turn on, and you see the little light that means that the uh, the valves that look a lot like skee-ball machines um, are now accepting brain controlium, the resource that you have that now enables you to power the brain controlometer. Um, as decided based on your choices uh, before the game started, Dominic and Evan have eight brain controlium, and... Alistair has 10. They must bid these secretly in order to take control of the human subject that they are uh, tr trying to vie for control in order to do their personal research. Um, as kind of hinted at in the opening, each of them has a set number of skills. Evan and Dominic bought a third one, so they each have three. Uh, so uh, let me pop on over to your names again because I keep forgetting them. Glorbax and Abrak the Moo both have three uh, skills that they're just excellent at using in the brain controlometer. That basically means that uh, normally if they have to do anything that has a reasonable chance of failure, they need to roll a six up on a d6, which is very difficult. This machine is not great. Uh, controlling a brain is very difficult. Uh, but any skills they get a three up on. Uh, Alistair, so Kurzat Esquire, uh, only has two skills, but starts with 10 brain controlium. In addition, they each have three goals that uh, are based around their research. They have an easy, medium, and a hard one. Uh, they reward one, two, and three points, um, respectively. Their goal is to get the most number of points. Once they're out of brain controlium, they can no longer take control of the human, or the earthling, as it were. So they have to kind of spend it carefully. 
because uh, once they're out, they're out, and they have to hope that the points they've earned by that point will carry them to victory. Finally, they can spend the Bring Trolium to boost a roll by one per if they want to. They really need to make a roll. Uh, if they succeeded at a goal, they spend too much time celebrating, they, and another bid happens. And if they fail at something, there's a bit of bickering about not doing great with the bank controlometer, and another bid happens. So those are the two ways they lose control, and it swap, can swap to another player. With that said, you all sit down at your terminals, and with a really stern look, which is would be frightening for any human the, the stern looks from each of your races is, are just horrifying there's a lot of faces turning inside out a lot of just like blood pouring out of eyes from one of you it's hard to say who <laughs> all trying to shield what you're putting in put in your beginning amounts of brain controlium uh you don't have to spend any um you can spend as many as you want whoever wins spends them whoever anyone who loses keeps theirs all right you all tied at one <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone go and give me a, D, a roll of a d6 um, you all put in your brain controlium and you you hear the machine oh, oh my god uh, Evan oh, wow. and Dominic you both rolled 6 Isaac, or Isaac, Alistair you rolled 5 uh, so you are out this round uh, you hear powering up Curse that Esquire, the brain controlling is spat back in your face and you barely manage to catch it before it slaps you in your uh, are you wearing like clown makeup in addition to your gesture outfit <laughs> no, absolutely not. That would just be degrading. That would be silly. You're right. I apologize. Uh, but it spits it out and you catch it. Uh, it continues whirring for both Glorbax and Abrak the Moo. Uh, give me another roll since you guys tied. All right. That is a four for Glorbax and a four for Abrak. It is continuing whirring. It is starting to overheat from, from the attempt of deciding. Uh, give me another roll, please. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so Ab- uh, Abrak the Moo got a one, and Glorbax got a six. Abrak the Moo, after all these venting, uh, there's a lot of loud venting noise. You hear, wait, 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 and then there's a as it spits the brain controlling back in your face, and Glorbax the ski ball input sucks up your your little orb of brain controlium and you hear the machine whir to acceptable levels and you see the uh the radar on top of this very fancy futuristic device swivel a little bit and then point at the uh at the planet earth below you and then just fire a bright red laser straight down to the surface through the the glass ceiling and we see a uh fantastic normal day in the middle of to the center park uh, in the city of, of lightly used York uh, we oh see <laughs> a, a man sitting on a bench feeding the, the brightly colored pigeons in front of him um, it is a calm setting many people are walking their dog like dogs uh, and he is having a great day uh, when a giant red laser comes down from the sky and totally encompasses him for a few seconds. But weird things happen in lightly used York, so no one even bats an eye. No one even wants to acknowledge it. I mean, they don't want to pay attention to that guy that just got absorbed in red light. Uh, and when the red light is gone, um, Frog is no longer his own. Frog is now controlled by Glorbax. Glorbax, you open Frog's eyes and take a look around and you see these strange birds in front of you uh, that remind you slightly of one of the races, except they have meant much less tongues than that race does. Um, Fronk is a very confused. You can feel him trying to resist the brain controlometer, but that's not going to work. Your science is far superior to his brain. Uh, and you find yourself steadily gaining more and more control until you are in full control of Fronk. 
What do you do? Oh, man. Um, she said I was in a park. You are in to the center park. To the center park. In lightly used York. Uh, all around the park, you can see massive skyscrapers and other buildings. Um, it is it is a very is a very big uh, population center. Uh, obviously, the reason it was chosen for the brain controlometer's uh, powers. Okay, I'd like to walk out of the park towards the the skyscrapers. All right, so Vronk starts heading out of the park. Uh, he has a very strange gait about him where he basically lifts one foot, falls forward onto it, and lifts the other until eventually you get the uh, the, the habit of bend. You finally figure out to find the knee button and start bending his knees. Um, <laughs> as you do that, it starts to take on a quap-like gait uh, as you still are figuring out. It's kind of like you're bouncing on your feet instead of actually walking normally uh but then you get the cycles down and you figure out how, how these bones work you're, you're not really familiar with bones uh at least not earthling bones uh but you figure them out eventually and by the time you are exiting the park Franck is walking at a fairly normal rate uh you uh, are on a sort of a street that's alongside the park and alongside the massive buildings people are walking up and down the street uh, there are a number of storefronts, uh, a variety of uh, types. There's like a deli, you got like a small market, you got like a diner, um, you have some like office buildings. What do you do? Um, isn't it an aligned deli of any sort? Um, <laughs> it is a distinctly Russian deli. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I will... Russian, because it, it's Ruska? Earth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's 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 go into the deli. You walk into the deli, and inside are a number of people eating their sandwiches. Uh, they are delighting in these sandwiches. They are great sandwiches. They are fantastic sandwiches. They are piled high with meats and cheeses and vegetables, and they just look scrumptious and impossible to eat. But apparently, Earthlings are capable of dislodging their jaws and swallowing things whole, so it doesn't seem to bother them. Okay. Uh, the the owner looks at you as you uh, walk in and just goes, "Hello, how are you doing today? I am proprietor of store and deli. What are you wanting?" I am wanting what they have. And I point to one of the <laughs> one of the one of the people that's already sitting down eating a sandwich. You point to his half-eaten sandwich. Uh, the guy gives you a weird look and then snaps down his dislodged jaw onto the sandwich and swallows it <laughs> oh, just God. in one gulp. It's astounding and would be horrifying if you were a normal human and not... Uh, what, is, what was your species called again? Calaxians. Calaxians. Yeah, Calaxians just stick out their tongues and wrap anything they want to eat all the way up in the tongues and they digest within your tongues. So that's this isn't even weird to you. Um... You, you you look at this man point at his half eaten sandwich and the, the proprietor of this deli slash store goes, Ah, you are wanting sandwich. I am having many for you. Uh what kind of sandwich are you wanting? Uh I would like your favorite sandwich. And I would like a lot of them. He uh looks at you and shakes his head sadly and goes Oh, you bring great sadness to my heart. I am not having favorite sandwich here. 
My favorite sandwich was a sandwich I had with my wonderful wife. She is diet from too many sandwiches, and so I no longer sell favorite sandwich here. Every day I work here is suffering. <laughs> oh God. God, I'm feeling bad for this dude. Oh, do you have a second choice of sandwich for you that I can make for you with my own tears? Can I can I read like is, I'm guessing is there a menu? There's a that... menu, but it's entirely in Cyrillic. <laughs> God. You also don't know how to read English, it's worth noting. Yeah, I was about to say, I was wondering if I could even read their language. Franck can, yeah. but it's it's a difficult translation process using the brain controlometer. Oh my god. Um, man, why did I think this would be easy? I, I don't know why. Um, is, there, is there like a... Is there like a case that has example sandwiches in it, perhaps? Um, there is a case, but it is filled with French fries, just to the brim. Oh my god, what? <laughs> what? He, he, he looks at you as you look at them and goes, it's Ah, the I see you, you have found my French fries. I am not having a heating tray, so best place to put them is in display case. Used by Baker, who died in store. Uh-huh. This place is okay. cursed. <laughs> this place is cursed. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I would like. Is there <laughs> that dude that I pointed to? I would like what sandwich he had. Okay. It looked very good. He looks over there and goes, "Ah, a very good sandwich. Is only have the minimum amount of tears." You will get sandwich. Uh, is you want to make combo? Many fries, many drink, and he motions to a soda fountain that has Sprite and Surge. Weirdly enough, and nothing oh else. <laughs> oh, nothing else. Not even not ice. Even, not even a cola, man. Not even ice. Oh. Um, I think I'll pass on the combo. I think the idea of to like I think he probably sees someone that like hits the thing for surge and sees the color that comes out and was like no no not this this is the color of the waste that comes out of our spaceship I don't <laughs> think so <laughs> these people are barbarians um, but uh, n no I'll I'll skip the combo but uh, I I would like um, I would like seven of those sandwiches you. You would like seven sandwiches? You are seven. a small man. How are you eating seven sandwiches? I, I must take them back to my companions as well. Hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I, I put a lot of effort and tears into sandwiches. It would bring my deceased wife great sadness, which would weigh over me like a thousand tons if they were not to be eaten. Can you... Convince me that you are guaranteed to have sandwiches eaten. Absolutely. The I know, I know the hardship that you have gone through with the loss of your wife, and back in my hometown as well, um, I lost I lost someone who was very close to me, and their favorite their favorite thing was to eat uh, eat sandwiches as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't insult. Your tradition as well. 
by wasting the sandwiches in any way possible. So I must share them with my friends. All right, interesting tact. I was kind of hoping maybe you'd try and use one of your skills, but... I guess, but I didn't really know if any of them I mean, you definitely could have swung the first apply. one trying guess, to eat sandwiches, but... but uh, I, don't, I don't think I like that. Okay, if you're sure, go and give me a six-up to convince this man that you have a tr- similarly tragic backstory and it will motivate you to eat his sandwiches. On this, the day of the anniversary of my my partner's <laughs> death, I must eat sandwiches to commemorate them. Just one, one their favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, just one d six, and you need a six for it because you're not using any of your skills for some reason. I got it. Uh... No, that is a three. Uh, this man looks angry at you. Uh, uh, you only actually know he's angry because of uh, uh, Franck's uh, memories of what anger looks like, because it looks like nothing no. like any anger you've ever seen. He just sort of tilts his eyebrows down in the middle and kind of scrunches up his face a little bit, which is just a weird, because that's like the symbol for joy in like at least half of the Federation races. Um, so so Franck uh, lets you know that is anger, and the, the deli man says, you, you make up story to insult me, to insult my dead wife. My dead wife will not be having this. And you watch as one of the ch- the tables that three men are eating at uh, gets lifted, clattering sandwiches everywhere, and it gets thrown at you, pushing you through the front window of this deli. Uh, you oh fall on the floor amongst shattered glass, uh, and we cut back to the brain controlometer where uh, your two rivals are watching this on the screen. Uh, and you have lost mm. control. Um... Presumably, uh, your two rivals are laughing at your failure. Oh, of course we are. <laughs> okay. Dominic and Alistair, go ahead and roll off. You both submitted two. Okay. Uh, Abrak the Moo rolls a five. Kurzat Esquire rolls a four. Uh, the machine finally winds down, spitting out the, the uh, brain controlium back at Kurzat Esquire. Uh, Glorbax sits defeated, not even entering a single uh, brain controlium into his console, uh, feeling ashamed of his inability to even buy sandwiches. Um, and Abrak the Moo, you f- see your terminal powering up and letting you into Frog's brain. Once again, you, you take a few seconds to get, gain control so you can figure out how to stand up. Uh, Franck is lightly cut, but not in any way that uh, worries you because you don't have to feel his pain. Um, and he doesn't seem to be degrading in his performance, so who cares that he's bleeding slightly? Uh, and you stand up in front of this deli that you were uh, just ejected by a uh, Russian man's murdered sandwich wife. Uh, so I control Franck to return to the deli. Throw the do- throw the door open. Oh, I was hoping you walked through the broken window. <laughs> no, he purposefully goes through the, the door. All right, you throw open the door, and the the deli man says, "I thought I am telling you, uh, poltergeist of wife will throw you out. She is still angry." Let me prove to you and your wife that I can eat these sandwiches. <laughs> okay, I am. And I take off. <laughs> I take oh. off my shirt. What? Okay, you take off your shirt. Uh, it's very impressive. Franck is actually fairly uh, muscular. He's got a, a good structure up there. Uh, it's 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 quite ugly to you, Abrak. It's it's very chiseled and specifically shaped, rather than a weird, shapeless amalgamation of of features. He's like a fucking middle slider. What the hell? Yeah, he's like a middle. He looks like a person like if they they tried to make a normal person in Oblivion. Um, <laughs> do you do anything with your shirt off? 
I eat three sandwiches in rapid succession. Okay, great. Um, go ahead and give me that skill roll to eat those. Um, you so, get a three up because of your skill. <clears throat> That'll do it, baby. You a four. Um, Christ. <laughs> Man, I love this. This is so good. Abrak the Moo, you are you are flying around the keys. You know exactly how to do this. As soon as you got that shirt off, everything unlocked for you. And you just slam down the enter key, uh, typing in all this masterful code into the brain controlometer. And Frank goes hog wild. He picks up a sandwich from one person, tears it out of the guy's mouth, and just unhinges his jaw and crams it down his uh, uh, mouth. You reach for another person's sandwich, uh, grabs it right out of his hands, and you just you, you take it, unhinge your jaw, put it in there, don't eat this one. You grab a third one already before you even swallow that one, sit it on top of the other one, and eat both of those at the same time. The purveyor of the deli mouth drops all the way to the counter from where he's standing, uh, and everyone in the deli begins to clap, just applauding. Just They're cheering now. Woo! Yeah! Oh, my God! There he, he's the chosen one! Um <laughs> And Abrak the Moo, you take a moment to celebrate, and as you do, the, your rivals rush to punch in their brain controlometer as you have achieved your medium goal uh, in an, un- an unexpected way. Um, gain, mark your two points somewhere, uh, and everyone go ahead and uh, go ahead and bid some brain control. And let me go ahead and take away Dominic's two that he bid. <laughs> Um, you are trying to gain control of this man so who has excited. just been regarded as the messiah of the sandwich eating uh, in a deli with the windows shattered by a poltergeist. Evan and Alistair, roll off. You both entered two. You both punch two into your thing quickly as Abrek the Moo is just like literally uh, shaking his hand and celebrating his great triumph and just very excited about the... the uh, I'm very curious uh, as the first person. I'm going to actually probably ask this for each one. Why are you so excited about uh, this species' ability to eat meals fast. What What is the importance of that to the sploo? It, it proves the the physical prowess of um of of the the Earthlings, uh, as foretold in the the stories of Hercules. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. What did we uh, get? We got a four and a two. Uh, so Evan is back under control. Uh, Glorbax, you punch your two in. It doesn't actually work quite as much this time. It immediately takes your two. Uh, and it doesn't actually get enough energy to spit the uh, spit Kurzots back at him. They just kind of lay in the slot, and you meekishly take them back out. As Glorbax, you are back in Frank, uh, now triumphant in in the task of proving your worth to this uh, deli man. Uh, the deli man um, goes, of course, of course you are going to be of eating seven sandwiches. Unfortunately, you have already eaten three. So if you wish to, pr- you still have to prove you can eat m- now ten instead of seven. Um, yeah, you know what? I think I will. Is eat. this whole fucking episode going to take sandwiches. place in this Russian deli? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what did Frank say as controlled by Glorbax? Yeah, that's right. I'm going to eat ten sandwiches. Okay. Um, are you, I'm assuming you're using what, your first skill? Yes. Okay. Uh, this proclamation it has carries such a very particular energy with it. Um, go ahead <laughs> oh, no. and give me a, a roll. You get a three up to that. 
He's using the power I gave him. <laughs> that is a six. <laughs> Too bad that wasn't earlier. Um, I'm just going to review the powers as they come up, because I think that's fair. Um, so far, we've had uh, Dominic as uh, Abrak the Moo uh, went ahead and used... He's very good at controlling the brainometer to perform physical challenges as long as the subject is shirtless. <laughs> and, oh my God. and our, our good friend Glorbax really knows how to harness a uh, earthling concept called, as he understands it, big dick energy. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yes, your big dick energy really resonates with this guy. In fact, he goes, Oh my god, you are radiating the energy of the big dick. I. Your, 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 I wish he wouldn't. Your, your dick is obviously so big from the energy I feel radiating off of you. The radiation is of a large size related to your male genitalia. It is astounding. Here, here, take seven more sandwiches. I believe in you. You will swallow them whole with the energy of that just monster dick you have. And he, he pulls out a out of seemingly nowhere, he pulls out a tray. He pulls of, out his dick. <laughs> he pulls out oh, his dick. No, he pulls out <laughs> seven sandwiches and begins sobbing for a few seconds, letting the tears from his face <laughs> run off onto the freshly baked sandwiches. Uh, and he hands the tray to you. Take take the tray. Take take the keys. This is your restaurant now. <laughs> and he takes off his apron, puts it on you, and walks out the front door crying. <laughs> Okay. Um, Glorbax, you are celebrating. You got your first uh, skill. Why was uh, your challenge of getting so many of the same object important to your species? Um, it, it's not only that. It's that they like to have large quantities of the same thing because they're afraid that um, that they'll run out eventually. <laughs> they have an irrational fear that they, that they will run out of objects. So, so they like to have multiples at all times. So they're back up. They're, they're hoarders by nature. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. And they're preparing with redundancy. They're like they're hoarding lizards. Fantastic. Uh, as you celebrate, the the brain controlometer begins to wind down, and uh, your rivals once again start punching in more brain controlium. Alistair, you win very easily with those three that you bet. I'm gonna go ahead and Ooh. take those. Alistair was tired of not being able to play the game. I don't blame him. <laughs> no, I was just biding my time. Kurzat Esquire, you, you slam three in with enough power that it, it rattles the brain controlometer uh, for a second. You're worried. You're like, oh, shit, what did I do? And then... Uh, it, like a professional pog slammer. Yeah. Oh, no. Slam it like the pogs that your species invented and then distributed amongst the, amongst the stars <laughs> as their, their uh, proficiency in comedic law would, would have it. And you, you, the machine whirs up, sucks up your three brain controlium, and you find yourself in control of Franck, who is now the owner of a Russian deli. <laughs> You also have a tray of, t of seven sandwiches that are lightly cried on. I don't want these. Uh, you just drop no. them to the floor? <laughs> I just went through all that. He, out loud <laughs> says, I don't want these, and drops them on the floor. <laughs> to the dismay of everyone. With the clatter of the there. tray, they drop to the floor. <laughs> everyone gasps audibly and then drops their own sandwiches at the floor. You're the messiah. They will talk follow about, your... <laughs> talk about big dick energy. <laughs> oh my God. Follow your example. As long as it comes to sandwiches and this store, they probably won't leave it. <laughs> I'll just die here. Um, okay, what kind of stuff can I find if I rummage behind the uh, deli station? Can I find a whole tomato or a whole fruit of some sort? Uh, oh, um, yeah, you go behind the counter and begin rummaging through the many things. Uh, it takes you a while because, like, every um, drawer just seems to be filled with pre-made sandwiches. Like, they're just dry drawers. There's nothing 
food handling about them. Uh, they're just full of these sandwiches amidst occasionally office supplies. Like some of them just have pens and like scissors sitting amongst the sandwiches. Uh, but eventually you find the actual sandwich preparation section where there are breads, there's meats, and there's actually you find a tomato that's not been sliced yet. Okay. One? One. You find a tomato. That's fine. I'll grab that and I'll grab the rest of the sandwiches. I'm going to storm out, but I'm going to keep the keys. All right. Uh, so you keep the keys and storm out of this uh, just trashed restaurant. There are sandwiches all over the floor. The windows shattered with a with a table hanging through the shattered window. The the door, I think, is cracked from it being slammed open with Big Dick Energy earlier. Um <laughs> Uh, it's trashed. All the people are startled. Uh, one of them starts crying as you leave. Um, and you make it outside, and there's a number of people just wandering up and down the street. Um, so this is lightly used York. You are in lightly used, potentially slightly scuffed York, yes. Okay. It's a little dingy. No, not um, yet. Is there maybe... Oh, not yet. Not quite that level. Um, is there somewhere akin to Times Square? You begin walking through the, the city, uh, just trying to make your way somewhere uh, where you can pull off the task that is so important to your race. Uh, you eventually find yourself in this large uh, square just in the middle of the road. There's just this very large square that just interrupts the road. Cars come up to it and then immediately back out and go down a different street because you can't pass by it. Uh, <laughs> there are lights and, and billboards everywhere. Uh, there is a man speaking about the sacrifices of his lord and savior Elmo. Um, and there's just, it's it's a it's a shit show there. There's a number of people dressed up as a variety of characters. Just uh, like your favorite characters like Heathcliff the cat. Um just terrorizing kids they want to get pictures with the kids but the kids really don't like Heathcliff they're terrified of him um and you have entered Space Square hell yes um okay I'm going to find the richest looking family walking around with photo camera equipment and I'm going to plant myself in front of them and say hey watch this and I'm going to start juggling my sandwiches and my tomato all right, you walk up to these these, these two very well dressed men and their daughter. They are all three of them dressed in fully fitted tailored suits, uh, with ties that look like they have been um, threaded with gold. And one of them is wearing a business case that clearly has several hundred dollar bills sticking out of the edges of it. Um, <laughs> one one of them has his nose just perpetually turned in the air. The other one uh, is very tall and is just looking making it very clear that he's looking down on anyone around him. And the girl is uh, fiddling with an iPad with a golden case. Uh, as you approach them, the one with the nose in the air turns to you, still looking up in the air, and just goes, Hmm, what manner of uh, poor are you? I'm the kind of poor that needs money, so give me some money. And I'm, I'm juggling intensely. Frank begins juggling intensely. Uh, that is definitely going to need a roll. Uh, you are going to need yeah. a six up, because I don't believe you have any skills related to juggling. No, I don't. <laughs> so that is okay. a two. If Man. you wanted to succeed, you need to spend four. I am not going to do it. Okay. Uh, so you don't spend your four. Um, what are you juggling, by the way? The sandwiches and the tomato. <laughs> okay, so... As previously established. All right, 
You can throw the sandwiches and the tomato in the air. The tomato you throw first, you manage to catch that one. The sandwiches all immediately separate into their component parts and fall on this family. And the, the man with his nose turned in the air just goes, My word, this poor has assaulted us with poor meats and breads. And the one that's looking down upon you goes, Oh, yes, Reginald, I don't know what could be worse. Cordelia, come along now, we're leaving. And they all walk, and as soon as they reach the street, a limousine comes up, running over three people in the process, and they all climb in, and it drives off. Um, <laughs> they just insulted that poor man's baking. So Reginald, his husband, and Cordelia, their daughter, leave, are, are, are about to leave the square <laughs> as you all begin your next bid. Uh, Alistair, you, uh, not willing to take that one lying down, immediately slam two more in, beating out the others, and take control before they can try and steal it back from you. Uh, so I will go ahead and take these two. Kurza Esquire, you jump right back into Franck as the limousine begins to pull itself out of park and start, starts to drive away. You are surrounded in what, uh, one of the sandwiches did not land on Reginald and his family um, and you have a tomato in hand okay um, new plan of attack we're looking for someone or I guess just an animal <laughs> are there dogs there are several people walking their dogs yes and there's definitely pigeons alright I'm going to approach one of the dogs and tempt it with the sandwich fillings or something okay and try to get it to come to me all right uh you attempt to uh get this dog to follow you with the slightly mayoed roast beef from the sandwich go ahead and give me a roll that you excel at so give me that three up well it was a six anyway that's the second time that's happened uh, you, the dog begins to follow you and seems enticed to follow you the the owner uh watches this happen <laughs> as you entice this dog away from him even though it's on a leash and as it begins to follow you the person just looks defeated and allows it to happen and walks away okay. just slunked over and very sad <laughs> oh no um you hear you hear this this person as they walk away just go well it was good while it lasted buttercup <laughs> buttercup oh why <laughs> uh, and then he is down the street and gone <laughs> oh that was really quick okay um i was starting to have some remorse but i guess not i am going to kneel down and face this dog uh nose to nose and say do not ruin this for me <laughs> and <laughs> um go stand back up and you know how like in circuses when they have like uh you know horses running around doing tricks and there's like the the ringleader kind of like you know guiding the horses around or whatever um you know tricks that they do uh -huh. i want to have the dog do the tricks and do like the running around and putting on a show and i'm gonna stand in the middle and do slapstick <laughs> comedy all right, great. I love it. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me that second roll. You also get a three up on this because you are still using that dog. It is a four. Four plus three. All right. Um, 
you do this. You 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 convince the dog to kind of run around, circles around. You do a couple hops. Uh, this dog is clearly uh, very well loved and trained, and the person put a lot of work into making sure that it knew all the commands and probably spent a lot of time with this dog. Uh, and but but now she's yours, so. <laughs> That's that, I guess. Uh, and you just do a little wiggling dance in the middle, uh, tripping over, uh, tripping, uh, getting knocked over by the dog, uh, and then eventually sp- hitting yourself in the face, splattering yourself with tomatoes. You gather a crowd, and there's lo- several people clapping, and um, eventually uh, uh, one person, a few people toss a couple uh, crumpled bills at your feet, uh, and you have yes. achieved your goals. Um I, I don't know that I got. You have to really explain. You are explain that you're uh, expert in comedic law. Uh, but why was it so important that you get paid? Um, obviously, anyone can you know just go anywhere and attempt to tell a joke. Um, that's that's not the point. You have to actually convince people to part with their hard earned money. All right. Uh, in order to listen to your jokes. Fantastic. All right. Um, and with that accomplishment, everyone gets to bid again. Everyone begins to slam in their slam their pogs to try and uh take control of the machine. Uh, so Dominic Abrak the Moo gains control of it. Uh, with two. Uh, as you slam those in, uh, ready for your t- it to be your turn again. You gain control of Fronk. Uh, as he is in the middle of Space's Square, in the middle of lightly dinged, a little bit scuffed, uh, lightly used York and Knuckles. <laughs> you, uh, you are Fronk, you have tomato all over your face, and a dog running tricks around you. And no, none of that is, is and a, few cr- a metaphor. A few crumpled bills in front of you. <laughs> I pick up the bills, and I dig around in my pockets... For a cellular device. Okay, yeah, you uh, you pull out a uh, a smartphone. It is not like top of the line or anything. It's probably a couple generations back. Franck doesn't have a lot of a huge amount of money, but he's got enough to keep up with the times. You pull out your, your Franck's smartphone. I search the device for a geolocating app. All right, uh, you pull up a uh, maps. I type in animal wrestling. Animal wrestling. <laughs> What? Uh, Does animal wrestling have a GPS coordination? Okay. Um. Shit. Uh. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a roll to try and properly locate a animal wrestling location, which I can't imagine is easy to find. Um. It is if you're good with technology. It is if you're good with technology. You need a three up. It is a three, just barely. You are. We're about to give up as you look through lightly dinged, slightly scuffed, lightly used York and Knuckles too. Um. And you eventually do find an animal wrestling place. Um, you, you get confused because apparently on, on a maps it was mistitled as animal resting. Uh, but all the reviews are one star saying that the, Google, the, the a maps description is wrong. That they've never been there, but they're very upset about the wrongness. And so it has a very bad review. <laughs> Haven't been there. One star. Haven't been there. Wrong name. Bet one star. Uh, an, animal animal resting and and gifts. Uh, so yeah, you uh, make your way there. Um, you eventually get there. It is actually for some reason in the subways. There is like an abandoned <laughs> subway station. It is dark. Ha- only half the lights are on. The tracks are empty, and the um, uh, the the tunnels that would lead to their subway are concreted up. Uh, and in the middle, there is a a ring, and at the door, there's a sign that says, "Don't worry." This is fun for the animals. This is Earth. 
This is actually fun for the animals and definitely not abuse. We swear. This is true. And it's uh, signed off by a uh, Jonathan Animal Friend, uh, licensed animalologist. Uh, Very good. And you, you enter uh, Animal Resting and Gifts. Is there a proprietor of Animal Resting and Gifts? Uh, in Animal Resting and Gifts, there's a little like booth at the, the, the front uh, where you have to buy tickets. Uh, you see amongst the crowd, there are several just people uh, waiting around seats. Uh, you see them that you uh, recognize from uh, Kurzot Esquire's turn. You see uh, Reginald and his family uh, sitting in one of oh, the boy. front rows, and uh, you, you hear Reginald himself just go, Oh, this is taking forever. I came here to see animals wrestle, not get assaulted by poor sandwiches and wait. The, the ticket master says, yeah, welcome to animal resting, I guess. Uh, we did a typo, and apparently no one can fix that. Animal resting and gifts. Uh, one ticket is $10, please. Uh, I used the $10 that Alistair gained on his turn to pay for the ticket. <laughs> you hand over your $10. You sure it's $10? <laughs> and he gives you a stamp uh, on the back of your uh, hand. The stamp, strangely enough, is an apple with a worm coming out of it, and the worm is flipping you off. <laughs> uh, uh, I hold up the dog that Alistair acquired. You're, you've just been carrying and... the dog with you. <laughs> yes, and I say, um, my do- my dog has asked to to face the strongest animal in the ring. He wishes to wrestle a lion. Uh, Can we make this happen? Uh, the uh, the ticketmaster uh, looks at you and just goes. Ah, yes, uh, wrestling the lion is a, is a very coveted fight. Uh, I mean, not fight. That would imply that it's not fun for the animals. Rassle. A wrestle. It this is a is, wrestle. This is fun. No one gets hurt. Um, this isn't just me saying that to be cagey. It is all 100% above board and good. The police know we're here and are allowing it. No, not the police, because that could still be bad. Um, PETA knows we're here and is fine with it. Yes, PETA is actually fine with of this. Of course. Um... And he goes, uh, all right, I'll get your pet entered in here. Um, I, uh, let's see here. What's the name of the pet? Abrac. <laughs> Interesting name, but okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and put you in here. You are going to be the second uh, fight. I mean, wrestle. I keep saying fight, that sounds really bad, and I promise it's not bad. I swear to God, no one... Please, please, and he turns to look at the camera and he goes, Please, I promise this isn't problematic, it's fine. They're literally wrestling, it's really cute. <laughs> um, and you, ooh, and uh, Buttercup, now named Abrak, head on over towards the <laughs> ring. The only seat is next to uh, Cordelia. And you uh, sit down next to Cordelia, and she goes, Oh, you, a Poor pet with a paw sitting next to me, Cordelia, heir to the Reginald Fortune? I say, well, Cordelia, I'm not actually poor. I'm very rich. <laughs> um, sure, go ahead and give me a roll to convince this person that you're okay to sit here. I'm going to say that that so... counts for your first <laughs> skill. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's fair, because that's a little rough one to use in general. Uh, so you need a three up. Ah, that is a two. Would you like to want to spend one brain control? Yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. No question. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so you spend that one brain control. You notice um, 
you 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 haven't said those words yet. You're trying to figure out uh, what best would be to be said to this little girl that will convince her you're going to sit there so you can enjoy the first match so you can get to the second match and ac accomplish your ultimate goal. Um, and you you're about to start having Franck talk to this little girl uh, when uh, you're like, oh wait, no, that's not quite what you say. She just she would want to hear. You're about to say, oh yeah, well up yours and that probably would not have gone on well <laughs> so you immediately punch in one more brain controlling to get a get a better control of Franck to get a better read on this girl and you realize if you can convince her that you're rich it'll be fine and you do that uh you say that and she is a little dumb girl who probably hasn't had to learn anything in her life uh, and she goes oh well if you're not a poor i guess you can sit next to me and watch me as i play the secret rich games from secret rich google play store <laughs> and she, it's just fucking Candy Crush. She opens a game and it's just titled <laughs> Forbidden Candy Crush. <laughs> Everything is identical. Oh no. Um the first fight comes up and it is fantastic. It is two kittens just kind of wrestling around oh. each other. They're scrabbling all Fuck around yeah. all over the place. Uh, and the fight is undecided and a number of people that are standing by the stage with like fistful of money just sigh. And you hear one go, this always happens. I don't even know why we bet on these. No one ever actually wins. And then uh, after they, the kittens get taken out very softly, very carefully, petted and stroked, and then given a little bit of kibble, it's adorable. It's fantastic. Everyone goes, aww. Then they let in a fucking lion. <laughs> they let, then they bring in the fucking lion. Um, <laughs> it is actually a very, very strong, tall man. Just think... Um, Lieutenant Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist, and you got the right idea of this this mm. massive hunk of a man. It's carrying this uh, lion like a kitten, and very delicately places them in the ring. Uh, and you hear the man go, Well, uh, we have a new challenger today. If we could get Abrak to come wrestle this lion. Not wanting to disappoint, I stand up, rip off my shirt, and jump into the ring. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. You jump into the ring, um... <laughs> Uh, shit. Um, yeah, you jump into the ring, and everyone goes, <gasps> and uh, you hear Reginald go, my word, I thought I would have to pay extra for the sport of watching humans engage in such brutality. And he is just, like, clutching his chest. Um, <laughs> his, his husband uh, goes, Yes, Reginald, this is way more than I expected. I might just... Ooh, I might just faint from excitement. And then he faints from excitement. Incredible. Uh, Cordelia catches him and then drops him to the floor with a loud thump. <laughs> the very muscular man just goes, Ah, oh, well, uh, I don't actually work here, so go ahead. And he leaves. Uh, and the lion, uh, sizes you up and then jumps at you and you begin to wrestle this lion. Uh, go ahead and give me your three up for physical <laughs> challenges while shirtless. Oh my god. Please, god, please. That is a yes! four. All right. You, oh uh, wrestle this lion. Um, I, w I think if this were at any other establishment, you would have been mauled terribly, especially trying to control, uh, Franck with the brain controlometer. Uh, but thanks to the fact that this lion has been trained to simply wrestle with its opponents and definitely not use its claws or teeth or hurt the enemy in any way, it's just a friendly little wrestling match, nothing to worry about. 
We're just having a tussle. Just having a tussle. It's fine. It's great. It's good. Uh, Lightly dusted, lightly uh, scuffed, lightly dinged, uh, lightly used York and Knuckles to Electric Boogaloo definitely would not allow an actual threatening to animals thing to happen within its cities, especially not within its weird abandoned subway stations. Um, You managed to pin this, and after you pin it for three seconds, you realize that no one's actually counting this match. Uh, and the, the lion slowly lets itself out of it, your grip and gives you like a bow. And you hear once again, all the men and women with their, their hands full of bundles of money just go, Oh, and someone just goes, seriously, that one, he won is still counted as a tie. Um, but you have, you have won this contest. Excellent. I would like to take the lion with me. I pick it up like the big man did. Okay, I'm gonna let your three carry over because you have made three rolls to accomplish this task. Um, and you have acquired a lion. You walk out. Uh, the ticket man looks at you and it looks like he's about to say something, and he just goes, "Hey, wait, yeah, I don't actually work here either." And he just takes the cash register full of money people have handed him and runs out the back. Uh, and everyone is left alone in here. The lights all go out, and they are left in the darkness. <laughs> Not shady at all. As you as you all celebrate, uh, or as Abrak the Moo celebrates, uh, you all get a chance to reclaim control of Franck as he exits the animal resting in gifts. Uh, Evan, uh, Glorbax wins this by punching in two. Glorbax, uh, you take control of Franck as he leaves this abandoned, darkened, abandoned subway uh, station with an armful of lion. Uh, no longer quite as good at handling physical challenges while shirtless, and having left your shirt in the ring, um, <laughs> oh, no. and the dog, and the dog <laughs> is the left dog. with Cordelia, I guess. Um, you stumble out of this with a lion in your arms, and the lion kind of falls and starts to wander off. Okay. Um, is there, is there, are there, like, everybody else left and is, like, running out of this place? No, no one else has left. Everyone's still down there in, in the pitch black subway station. <laughs> um, I want to go back in. <laughs> All right, you go back in. It is very dark in here, like, literally pitch black. There's a bit of light coming in from, like, the entrance. Uh, so you can see, like, the edge of the crowd. Um, you can hear a few people muttering to themselves, and, um, you, you hear, uh, Reginald's husband... I think I'm getting them confused. They're both Reginald now. They're both named Reginald. Uh, one of the Reginalds uh, says, Reginald, we must be going. We're in the dark. We can't tell whether people are poor or rich when they touch us. We have to get going. <laughs> and Cordelia uh, power, er, is on the flashlight um, on her, her fancy gold-plated iPad. And the light is so bright that it lights up the entire chamber. And... With the help of the Reginald that is awake, they begin to carry the passed out Reginald, who is just so excited by the shirtless man wrestling the lion that he, he fainted, uh, out of the abandoned subway tunnel. And people, now that they can see, begin wandering out. And uh, Reginald goes, Well, I never. Where did the lion go? I was going to buy it with my vast wealth of money. <laughs> this is poor Reginald's. Um. The best thing is, I can see Chris's face as he's saying this. Oh, yeah. It contorts very badly. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I know exactly how it is scrunching and where it is scrunching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, what all are right, you? So do I do I see the dog? Yes, the, the, the dog is sitting by the, the um, 
the the the, bleh, the ring, wagging its tail, and it wags its tail harder as it sees you, uh, remembering you as the the nice man that gave it so much roast beef covered in mayo. I hope mayo's right. fine for dogs to eat because uh, it, it is in this on on, on yeah. earth. Earth mayo is fine for dogs. And yeah, I'll just kind of uh, uh, call out to the dog a little bit, and if if not, I'm gonna go try to uh, just pick up the dog basically. All right, you call Buttercup a few times, uh, and it, it sort of comes after you, but it's not nearly as fast as you need it to. So as soon as it's close enough that you can advance on it, you just pick it up and, I assume, leave the subway after the Reginalds and the other swath of people. Yes. All right, so you leave uh, out this subway station uh, and come back out into the light of lightly used, lightly dinged, lightly scuffed, lightly dusted, lightly lit um, York. Light. Uh, uh, and Knuckles to Electric Boogaloo, the sequel. Um, oh. And uh, the, the sun is beginning to set on this earthling day. Uh, it is starting to go into the evening as you carry this dog out of here. Um, Cordelia turns off the extremely bright light on her fancy rich iPad, and um, she, she waves to you and just goes, Goodbye, fellow rich person. I hope you and your rich dog do very many rich things today. And if anybody asks, I didn't show you Forbidden Candy Crush. You found about it on your own. And she winks uh, and then leaves with her Reginalds. Okay. <laughs> um, is there... You know what? Actually, I'm just going to... Lean off of the previous uh, smartness of, of Mr. Zabrak um, and pull out the phone and um, search for a dog store. <laughs> All right, you look for dog store, which isn't traditionally what they're called. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and give me a roll, and you're going to need a six up because. Oh, man. You. You could have just said pet store, and I probably would have given that to you. But you looked for dog store. (laughs) Oh, wow. You got a six. You type in dog store, and uh, not only do you actually manage to find one really quickly, it's right around the corner from the animal resting and gift shop. You go around the corner and walk in there, and you find the ticket master is sitting at the cash register. And he just goes, welcome, welcome to mm, Tiki's Pets, Tiki's Pets and Gifts. Welcome. Uh, Uh, And you are in this store. It is filled to the brim with pets. Just floor to ceiling with just a variety of appropriately sized cages. They're they're big enough to give the animals enough room to move. Of just any pet your mind could, could uh, assume. Just floor to ceiling, all over the place. Uh, and you see a number of employees wandering around, just just haggard, just exhausted at the task of trying to make sure all these animals are fed on time. Oh my god! One runs by and you're just like, <laughs> gotta get. Gotta get to the guinea pigs across the store. <laughs> um, yeah, he's gonna kind of haphazardly ignore all the chaos that is apparently this store, um, and start to uh, survey the animals and look for one at least that looks uh, a little bit like the, uh, like the one he already has, kind of in a way, but only smaller. All right, you eventually find uh, sort of central to the store. 
there is a a large uh, it's not actually like a cage like there's almost like a, just like a pen around this area just full of lots of toys a lots of little poops lots of peas and just a ton of smaller versions of this of buttercup uh running around and yipping and yapping and barking and snapping and um and and just in in the middle there's just a man laying there uh or second there you think he's dead but he's actually just asleep uh and the dogs are just pulling at his hair and his clothes um and just having a grand old time okay um I guess the dude that's in the middle is, is does he work there or is he just like a person that's also he has a name tag there? that just says hello my name is chew toy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i think he's going i think i'm going to literally just be like Mr. Chew Toy, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, you woke me up, dude. I'm bu- I'm busy here. I'm. Uh, what do you need? Man, how do I get one of these creatures? Uh, you already have one. And you look down. And you're like holding another. a puppy. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh. They're very excited to meet new people. Good night. And he goes immediately back okay, to sleep. Bye. Um, and as you uh you you walk away with this puppy you hear the bell at the door ring and you hear a uh, voice go i wonder how you tell if an animal is rich and you hear another voice go "Mm, i'm not sure reginald cordelia you like animals i guess how do you tell if they're rich Cordelia goes i don't know i think maybe if they're covered in gold Mm, I don't see any gold-covered ones, but there are quite a few. Let's go look. Oh my, it's this man again who done wrestled the lion. Oh, I might just catch the vapors again. <laughs> and you are confronted by the Reginalds and Cordelia. Oh my god, these people are relentless. Um, I, I think I'm going to introduce myself. Do I, wait, do I, do I know... You've been watching on a monitor. You, you you know everything that everyone else knows. Yeah, but I know the name of what is yeah Frank. You know Frank. Frank. Okay. Um, you, you know everything that Frank knows as well. Okay. Cool. Um, so, hello again, Reginalds and Cordelia. Well, Cordelia, I thought you said this man was rich. He hardly has the accent. Oh, I'm concerned. And Cordelia says, no, don't worry. He said he was rich. So that's probably true. People, rich people don't lie. So if he told the truth, he must be rich. And if he was rich, he had to have told the truth. Very good point, Cordelia. I believe him now. (laughs) What is your name again, Mr. The Rich Man? (laughs) I can't (laughs) My name is Frank. Hmm, Frank, that's a strange way to pronounce that name. I usually hear it's Frank. But I guess if your name is Frank, I can accept that since you are rich, so you can afford to steal people's names and change them as you wish. You see, we weren't originally named Reginalds. We were originally named John and Thomas. But we stole two Reggie's names and converted them to Reginald. Those two people no longer have names and are rotting in the gutter. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love this world building, Chris. I don't know what I've got myself into. Um, and uh, Cordelia goes, 
Oh, daddies, I think I see a rich animal over there. And uh, one of the Reginalds goes, oh, Cordelia, lead away. And they wander off, and you see them as they walk over to a mouse that's just made entirely of gold. It is clearly not like an organic creature. It is just a statue made of gold shaped like a mouse sitting in amongst the rest of the mice. And they are all cooing over it. Um, and you are left <laughs> with the puppy and buttercup in your arms. Okay. I'm going to... Um... I'm gonna walk around and find. Um, I have a I have a land type companion and like an aquatic type companion. Um, so I go towards the the tanks. Uh, <laughs> you go towards the tanks and um, the ticket master slash proprietor of Tiki's pets and gifts um, is suddenly standing amongst the fish with just like a slightly different outfit than he was at the counter. And you literally turn to the left and the man is still at the counter as well. And he looked to your right and he's standing amongst the fish. Uh, each time you look to left or right, he seems slightly more out of breath. Um, and he goes, <sighs> stop looking, stop looking around so much. I, oh, I got a, oh, uh, he's looking for fish. I see he already got a puppy. Uh, we, we usually have a, oh, have a one pet uh, maximum. Eh, I think you brought that dog in, which is a little weird. You can, uh, you've just been carrying him around. I don't even know if you have the arms to carry a fish. <laughs> I think I'm going to say, I. oh, trust me, I have the arms to carry a fish. <laughs> don't doubt me. All right, uh, this time I'm going to require you to do something to demonstrate your big dick energy. You kind of um, got to, to pull off the, uh, the echoes of eating three sandwiches last time. <laughs> God. Uh, this um, time you're gonna have to do at least something. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'll use my other skill actually, and I'm gonna kind of like. Well, I guess I don't know. What does what does Frank look like? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. All right, cool. So Frank is gonna. I imagine he has a little bit of, like longer hair, so he's gonna kind of like flip his hair around, kind of. And um, I'll use my second skill and say, "Trust me." <laughs> okay. I can. I can carry all these pets. You need a three up. That is a one. Do you wish to spend brain controlium to up that? You will need two. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you spend those two. Um, you begin to shake your hair very sensuously, and then you realize that Frank's hair is tied up in a top knot and it doesn't move. Uh, so while you're shaking the hair, you quickly punch in two more brain controlium and use the hand that's carrying the puppy to pull off the uh, hair tie, and your hair falls just ever so wonderfully. It's clear that Frank conditions, uh, and your hair just <laughs> falls like a waterfall over your shoulders. Tiki, the ticket master slash purveyor of Tiki's pets and gifts, is enraptured and just goes, yes, sir, whatever you say. And he is still staring at you, scoops a fish out of one of the tanks, just a random tank into one of those little plastic bags, ties it up, and carries it to the counter and helps you check out. Um, and you, uh, using one of Franck's credit cards, purchase the uh, fish and the puppy uh, and succeed at your tier three challenge. Um, wow. Why is it so important to your race to buy a goldfish and a puppy in the same purchase? <laughs> Companions must be bought in large quantities as they like to hoard things. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and they like to have a land and uh, land and sea kind of thing going there. All right, great. Uh, so you get those three points, um, and everyone gets to bid again as 
uh, Franck is now carrying a dog, a puppy, has his hair falling in his eyes, and has a fish, uh, like, in the same arm that under that arm is the puppy. And also is not wearing a shirt. Also is yep. not wearing a shirt this whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. It's the remnants of that big dick energy. Alistair, you take control. Uh, so, Mr. Cursa Esquire, you jump into Franck. His arms laden, his hair uh, freed, his sh- shirt, uh, his chest bare. Um, as you walk <laughs> out of the store, um, and shortly behind you, you hear a voice just go, Yes, Cornelius, that is such a good mouse. I agree, Cornelius. Don't you, Cornelius? I do, Cornelius's. Um, and as you walk out, uh, you give them a slightly weird look, and uh, the Cornelius is now uh, give you a knowing look and just go, We each took a third of a man named Corn. This name. Don't ask us how he split a four-letter name into thirds or why he was named Corn. Uh, so now we are all Cornelius because we changed it on the spot with a great amount of money. He is now being eaten by the rats in the store. <laughs> you can hear his screams, can't you? And sure enough, just in the distance, you just hear, oh, I have no diamonds, they're eating me, oh god, oh, oh no, oh, there's so many rats and I have no name anymore. I'm so worried. I don't know what I just fucking got myself into. In like literally two minutes, this whole thing has just gotten very, very terrifying. I feel I feel like this is an in-between of where there's a moment where each one of the races here kind of look at each other and all agree that and this like, is, do we actually want this? Th- th- this not? is fucked up. Um <laughs> the Cornelius says look amongst themselves and just go <laughs> Oh, well, anyway, goodbye, fellow rich person. Have good luck with your many poor animals. We got a single rich one, which, of course, trumps every poor animal. If you had all of the poor animals on the earth, it would not weigh up to this small golden mouse. We win today. <laughs> and the limo pulls up, running over five people and knocking down a, uh, a, a streetlight. And they all jump in, and it rides off nearly barely managing to not hit you, crashing through the window of a building and disappearing. Okay. Um, <laughs> you said that this was a... Um... Yes, I said that this was lightly dinged, lightly dusted, lightly uh, scuffed, <laughs> lightly used, lightly lit York and Knuckles to Electric Boogaloo, the sequel, and Knuckles again. Okay, I was going to say, you said this was a pet store and gift shop. Yes, you, you are yes. at the front of Tiki's Pets and Gifts. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, would there happen to be a, you know, kind of in gift shops, so there's like that kind of souvenir area with like, you know, your names on keychains and magnets and like a postcard of wishing you were here and, you know, ultra dingy, whatever it's become now. <laughs> For York. sure. There are several postcards for this city uh, whose name I just said, so I'm not going to say again because it's probably not funny at all. But if it is funny, it's only funny if I don't say it more often than once every like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. These postcards are there's there's it's like one of those big like ro- rotary things. Um, there's only one for each side because they each reach the floor with the length of the name of the city. They are very tall postcards. Um, and as you walk over there, Tiki walks up and says, I see you're looking at our postcards. Those are some of our finest products. 
God knows why, because they will never be shipped because they are not appropriate postcard size. <laughs> um, how much uh, would a would a postcard be? Fifty dollars. That sounds reasonable. Uh, I have a credit card. <laughs> All right. I would like to purchase one postcard, please. You uh, go up to purchase that postcard, and you swipe your credit card, and it is denied. Uh, the puppy and the goldfish were very expensive and ran up Frank's limit. Well, clearly this is a mistake. Let me, um, give me just a moment. Let me find a different card. Um, I'm going to whisper to my, my puppy and my goldfish <laughs> and also to Buttercup and say, distract him, uh, and grab the postcard and run out of the shop and try to hide. Christ. Okay. Give me a three up for using your animal skills. It is a three. It's already a three. The, okay. Uh, Buttercup, the unnamed pup, and the bagged goldfish all jump at Tiki. Um, And you're worried that they're going to attack him until they actually just land on the counter. And they all begin just doing a fabulous little, like, three-man show. Um, It takes you a few seconds to recognize it as Romeo and Juliet, which is, of course, so popular that even the Federation knows of it. Um... It's an astounding performance, and you almost get pulled into it too much to leave uh, when you remember that your goals are much more important than seeing this this theatrical masterpiece that these these animals are pulling off. And you leave with the postcard. Uh, Tiki is sufficiently distracted, and you have accomplished your one-point uh, goal. Uh, so you leave, uh, and uh, another bid happens. Dominic, you win with two. Abrak the Moo, you regain control with this tall, like, two-foot-long postcard in hand, uh, a credit card that you now know is maxed out, and uh, your hair in your face and your shirt gone. All right. There's panic running through the streets as these, uh, um, the, the building that the limousine crashed through is now on fire. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to put the postcard in the trash because I don't need that. <laughs> I'm going to put the credit card in the trash because I don't need that. <laughs> Alright, um, is there a restaurant on the street? Yeah, sure. Uh, there is one restaurant. You walk kind of the street. It takes you a little while to, to approach a restaurant, but like, it's lightly dinged, lightly etc., lightly everything, lightly lit. Uh, York and all the different sequel additions to it. Uh, City uh, and Knuckles again. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of good restaurants there. A lot of good food. You, you don't you don't want to spend too much time at the chains. You can get, find those anywhere. Uh, yeah, naturally. Um, and you um, end up at a. I go to Applebee's. Okay, you go to Applebee's, which is actually <laughs> on Earth, uh, a a delicacy uh, known only to this city. Um, it is it is. They serve apples and they serve bees. They <laughs> yes, they serve very fine apples and very fine bees. Um, you walk in there, and the, uh, the the host is standing there. He has the stereotypical um, like towel over his arm, vest, bow tie, uh, penciled on mustache, hair parted perfectly down the middle, uh, eyes almost closed, and nose in the air. And he goes, "Welcome to Applebee's, the fanciest and richest restaurant in town." <laughs> you are very lucky to come to us right now. We only have one table. The Corneliuses have booked the remainder of the restaurant. They. I immediately leave the restaurant. <laughs> you leave the restaurant. Go to McDonald's. You leave the restaurant and go to the McDonald's next uh, next door. 
you walk in and um, enter the McDonald's. Uh, there's no waiter here. McDonald's is just a McDonald's in this universe and on Earth. Um, it's called McDonald's. Uh huh. Whack Donalds. Alright, uh, are, are, peop- are there people eating? Yes, there are several people eating. It's a, it's a whack Donald's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rush in and just start swiping cheeseburgers off of people's tables. <laughs> oh my god. I just make a run for it. Christ. Um, alright, go ahead and give me... At least, I need at least three. Frog's gonna be a water man. Go ahead and give me a roll, um... I'm going to say you need a six, because I don't think this is technically a physical challenge. I think this is just theft. <laughs> oh, God, please. That is a five. No! You can spend one to make that a six. If you think. I'm spending my last one. Okay. Uh, you spend that last that one. Um, you are grabbing these uh, these meals, just arms full of them. And you you find that you, Frank just does not have enough room to, to get all of them in his arms. Uh, so you punch one in to perform an extremely complicated maneuver. Frank dives across the table uh, and just mouth open wide, swallows one meal whole as he slides across the table. <laughs> Face plants, does a somersault, and then gets back to his feet and then runs to the corner of the store with the other two meals in hand. <laughs> And I just pound them. Just fucking... Alright, go and give me a three-up for that. those cheeseburgers. Eating those remaining sandwiches will be a physical challenge while shirtless. You need a three-up. Please, God. Please, God. That is yes. a five. Uh, you unhinge your jaw, and then, like a... Um, like like a... One of those uh, heavy-duty... Uh, like a bulldozer. Just just lift the food and <coughs> dump it directly into your mouth. Straight down your, your, your gullet. Don't even chew, and it just drops right into Frank's stomach with with an audible boom. Um, you you can tell from the readings on the screen, Frank feels awful. He has eaten <laughs> three whole sandwiches, and now, now no, he's eaten no, six whole sandwiches. Yeah. No, he only ate three to to impress the man. He he drops the remaining seven. And now he just ate three more. And, uh, and he came in. Yeah, you don't know that those are all store. sandwiches. It's Whack Donald's. They've got chicken nuggets. They've got uh, creme brulee. They've got, um, you know, typical Whack Donald's things. And uh, you're right, you're what right. was that? Was the last one? Uh, you know, uh, like hamburgers. <laughs> and uh, so he's got so, so much food in his stomach. Um, he's shirtless, and it's a cold day in uh, in this city. Um <laughs> His hair's in his eyes, and that just always tends to like trigger light headaches if you have your hair in your eyes too long. Um, Frank is feeling awful, so luckily you guys are getting to the ends of your experiments. Uh, it is time to bid for his control again. Several people are very angry at this point. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, so Kurzat Esquire, you claim control as you, you look very closely at your final um, rival and see he only has one left, and you know you don't have to bid much. Um, mm-hmm. And you take control of Frank as a bunch of people are shouting at him in, inside this Whack Donald's. Um, they are all very angry at you. You see one calling, and you, you can hear them just go, "Yes, police! A man just ate my Whack Donald's. Yes, it's a crime. <laughs> I swear to you, I read my law books. I went to law school, and I know stealing Whack Donald's is a very specific crime. It's against the Constitution." Uh, and you immediately hear police sirens outside. I am going to uh, jump back through the window or wherever I came in from. You jump through assuming. the window, shattering it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
Um, um, and as... hide behind behind the, the Whack Donalds uh, until the police have arrived. All right, you you climb uh, up the Whack Donalds and jump behind it because there's no alleyways to get behind it easily. Um, and hide behind the Whack Donalds. It's actually a very impressive physical feat. Um, but you are just so good at hiding. So go ahead and give me that uh, that three up. And to say three, uh, you nearly uh, you roll your ankle very slightly on the dismount, but you you manage to make it. Over. You roll you roll Frank's ankle. You don't really care if he's in in pain. It doesn't matter that much to you. He's just a single test subject. Who cares? Uh, you hear the police uh, sirens going off. You hear a bunch of shouting inside the uh, the the McDonald's. You hear a lot more shouting. You hear more shouting, uh, and then you hear uh, uh, you kind of like lean your ear next to the one here and just go, "Oh man, I wanted to arrest someone today." It's been three <laughs> weeks since I last got to arrest a person. I used to get to arrest someone every day. Aww. And then you hear the, the police cars drive off, and you are scot-free. <laughs> All right. Oh, I forgot to ask, uh, why was getting a postcard so important to your people? Oh, um, obviously because uh, the law has to be written down. Um, otherwise, it, it doesn't mean jack shit. Um, and the very first uh, form of writing down uh, bits of law to send across the land were on postcards. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, traditional. I imagine that your species postcards are actually longer than the one that you purchased. Yes, yes. All right, fantastic. So you are you are an alleyway behind the McDonald's and behind the, the, the Applebee's. Um, the, food, the smells coming out of the Applebee's are just amazing. Um, what do you do next? Um, I'd like actually to go possibly back to the Applebee's. All right. You walk back into the Applebee's, um, and, uh, as you walk in, the, the host is still there, still nose turned up. His eyes are still closed, which makes it very weird that he seems to recognize you. And he just goes, uh, yes, welcome back to Applebee's, sir. I would complain about you being rude, but being rude is just proof that you're rich, so I suppose <laughs> I must thank you, sir. Thank you for being so rude and leaving our establishment to prove that you are indeed a rich person and belong here. My pleasure. Uh, are the Corneliuses still here? Of course, they booked out all the restaurant except for one table for the entire evening. It was their one and only plan. They plan to eat one bee amongst them. It's such a delicacy. It sounds <laughs> delightful. Um, I'd like to go over and and uh, ask the Corneliuses um, what it is they, where have where they got their money from. I'm curious. Um. Uh, Cornelius One uh, says, "Oh well, we, what a are you sure you're rich? We didn't get it from anywhere. We just had it our whole lives. We haven't had to do anything for our money ever. We just have money. It's been fantastic, isn't that right, Cordelia? I mean, Cornelius. We're all Cornelius now, of course. There's no Cordelia anymore. Not since that man was eaten alive by rats." <laughs> And Cordelia goes, yes, of course. I mean, I'm Cornelius. I go this thing that I'm saying. And I also have always had money ever since the Cornelius has had me. <laughs> okay, they're of no use to me. I'm going to leave the Applebee's. <laughs> uh, the, the host says, 
Oh, thank you very much, sir, for being so very rude. It's very much appreciated. I will make sure to have a reservation made in your name for tomorrow night post-haste. And he begins writing something. You're not sure since you've never given your name. Um, <laughs> and you leave the Applebee's and the Cornelius is behind. Okay. Um, of the many things that Dominic threw away, the phone was not one of them. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to uh, pull the old search on the map for a law firm. Hey, that's an actual proper search to do. I'm not going to make you roll yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, so you find a law firm and you begin to make your way there. I, unfortunately, am going to have to make you roll for navigating there because that's okay. not always super easy. Uh, go ahead and give me a roll. We need a six up. Uh. Yep. Um, I'm not going to do anything to this four that I rolled. Okay, you roll four, uh, and you, uh, Frank quickly gets lost. You don't actually know how to operate this app very well, so you can't really orient yourself very well, and you keep walking in the wrong direction, and as you're still trying to figure it out, um, Glorbax, uh, is already trying to punch in enough brain controlium to take control back. Go ahead and punch in your bids. Uh, Alistair wins again. I'm going to go and take that one from you. You're both down to one. Uh, Mr. Uh, Kurzat Esquire, you are still in control. Would you like to try and navigate again? I would like to try and navigate again. Okay, go ahead and give me another D6. You need a six up. You rolled a six ah, this there time. there we go, six. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, as you see uh, your rival try and, and rest control, you punch another brain controlium into there, and you finally figure out this infernal primitive device and you navigate to the law office of Cornelius and Cornelius. I want to look as presentable and rich as I fucking can when I go into that building. You're not wearing a shirt and you have long hair all over your head. <laughs> Are you not telling me that that is the look that I'm going for? Okay, that can be the look you're going for. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> you, you wipe uh, the sandwich leavings off of your shirtless chest and all the, the dog fur off your arms. Um, and you, you kind of like run your hands through your hair and get into like a presentable fashion and you walk inside. Uh, you do not find the Corneliuses in there. Uh, you find two, uh, two, two women sitting behind desks uh, in very nice lawyer attire. Um, one is just punching numbers into a calculator. The other one is reading a book that just is labeled Laws on the front. It is a very large book. <laughs> um, and on one desk you see... Uh, Amy, uh, Amy Cornelius, and on the other one you see Stacy Cornelius. And they look up and just go, uh, Amy goes, yes, uh, greetings, sir, how can I help you? Hello, uh, I know much about law and I would like to join your law firm. Uh, all right, uh, Stacy uh, looks at her law book uh, very closely and then looks up at you and closes it. She's looking at you very suspiciously and just goes, Okay, name one law. One law. <laughs> uh, go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, you need a six to see if you can dredge up a law from Frog's memory. A five. I'm going to do it. I'm going to use my... 
last point. You use that last, last point. point. Um, you are judging through it, and you are running low on time. You can tell Stacy is 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 like shaking the book in ang- rage at you. Apparently, you are very confused. <laughs> uh, and you shove one more brain controlium into the device to to dredge the memory better. And you pull up a law. What is the one law that Franck remembers? Of course, the law of comedy. <laughs> Uh, you, you say, uh, of course, the law of comedy. And Stacy uh, adjusts the glasses on her face and just goes, lucky guess. And uh, Amy goes, okay, well, uh, that's the first stage of the interview to join our law firm. Uh, the second stage is to name a second law. <laughs> Unless you have any other credentials that you can use to prove you would be an asset to our firm. Uh, just knowing two laws is enough. Um, well, I do actually have two other assets, uh, that are important that could benefit. I am good at, uh, speaking with animals and I'm an excellent hider. Uh, you are welcome to test me on those if you'd like. Stacy thinks and goes, well, I suppose one law is usually all you need in any given court case, but not many people know that if you hide from the uh, the jury, they can't call you guilty because they can't say it to your face. Uh, so prove to me that you can hide from a jury. Uh, go and hide somewhere in this office, and we'll try and find you. If we find you, you got to get out of this office, and you're also sued. Uh, if you can, okay. you're hired. Wow. Uh, so go and give me that three-up roll to see if you can hide from these lawyers. That is a six. Uh, where, I'm, so, I'm very curious. Where does Franck hide in this law office? Um, under the, the, the potted plant next to the vending machine. You go over and you place the potted oh plant God. on your head and scrunch up real small, and they wander around uh, looking for you. Uh, they just can't seem to find you. Stacy actually walks up to the potted plant and looks behind the fronds and goes, Aha! Oh, oh you're not here. Oh, oh well. Uh, you're hired. Uh, welcome to the team. Um... And she opens up the only door that's in this room and just immediately drags out a desk and sets it up. And she goes, this is your desk. Welcome to the team. And you have scored your three-point goal of get a job at a law firm. Oh, my God. (laughs) Phenomenal. That's insane. As I said, I've been trying to bounce these by making you guys roll at least three times to get the big ones. Um, two times for the medium one and one time for the, the easy one just to make sure that they're balanced regardless of how difficult they'd actually be realistically <laughs> um, and okay you spend one more brain controlium um, Mr. Zorblax Gorlorbax I don't know why I keep going to Zorblax Mr. Zorblax was your father of course Glorbax don't remind me of my father please um, bad memories <laughs> Christ. Uh, Glorbax, you punch your brain control him, seeing that your rivals are out of it, and you gain one last control over Franck. Uh, you now have a job as a lawyer. You have three pets left at the pet store. You have a job as the runner of a Russian deli. You have an entire um, group of people, an angry mob coming from a whack Donald's trying to find you, and there's a... Ta- uh, just a, a, That entire block is burning down uh, from, from oh, no. the Cornelius is crashing into a nearby building. Um, but otherwise, you're, you're feeling pretty good. Um, the uh, two lawyers uh, bring a, a, this large, like, black, fold, like, crumpled piece of clothing, and they drag it over your head, and it is a one-piece suit that you are now wearing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Damn, I look stylish. A one-piece suit. Yes, that you can just this pull over from the amazing. top. <laughs> That's 
fantastic. I want one. Uh, Stacy goes, uh, what was your name, uh, new hire? Our fantastic new lawyer who can hide from the, the juries and win all cases. Frank. Frank. Uh, and she takes out a, uh, a plaque and just etches. And she's just, <laughs> And puts it down. And uh, it says Frank. It's written in Cyrillic. <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> Uh, what do you do? Uh, um, okay, so I actually I want I want to establish I want to ask one question. Okay. All right. Um, would the former Reginalds now Cornelius's <laughs> be considered celebrities? Um, Lorbax quickly uh, uses the brain controlometer to connect to the Earth and Internet. Um, by using Frog's phone and looks up the Cornelius's, looks up the Reginalds, and does not find anything about them. So clearly, they're not, uh, they're rich, but not well known. Okay. All right. Um, in that case, he's just going to type in, uh, to the internet, uh, just the word celebrity. You look up the word celebrity. Um, Christ. It's like you folks. I mean, I know your characters probably haven't, but it's like you folks have never Googled before. Find you type in. in your, no, it's too late. You said celebrity. Celebrity's yeah. near me. You looked up just the word me. celebrity. You were very specific <laughs> about that. You very specifically said, I just look up the word celebrity. So you looked that up, and it comes up with a number of results, and you're trying to sort through them to find any actually useful bit of information here. Go ahead and give me a roll. You need to six up. That is a three. Uh, that was your last brain controlium. Um, you failed to roll it, and the machine begins to whir down. Uh, and you see, uh, on the monitor, you see Frank's face turn bewildered and surprised. <laughs> and then he looks down in his suit, looks at the uh, desk uh, with his name written on a plaque, and then just kind of shrugs, sits down, grabs a book labeled Laws, and begins to read. Uh, <laughs> and you were left there. What is everyone's final score? Uh, how much are they worth again? Uh, the first one is one, the first, second one is two, the third one is three. I have four. Seven. Six. Ha! Ah. Uh, there is a dun-dun. And the voice comes on and goes, The winner of today's research assignment was, of course, Ugh, Abrax the Moo. And will be rewarded by getting to first dibs on this civilization for his faction. Congratulations, Abrak the Moo, on your wonderful achievements. The rest of you must report to the punishment cells immediately. And the doors, the, Can't wait. the wonderful alien, super technological, advanced, especially wonderful, shiny, lemon-scented doors slide open with a ah. Uh, and the two ones from which uh, Kurzat Esquire and Glorbax came out of. Uh, you see the 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 uh, room that they normally lead to shift as if like an elevator's moving through it to a different chamber that is lit by dark red utility lights, uh, leading to a a room <laughs> with a massive skull on it. Well, I hope so you have fun with your new recruit. I can't wait to die. It's incredible how much they can eat. It is incredible. Yeah, well, they weren't a good fit for our, our federation anyway, so whatever. Incredible. 